You're listening to That's the Hashtag Truth with Daniel and Jenny Muscatel, where we let real people get real honest about the bottom line. Joining us today is Josiah Studsman, who was called into ministry at a young age. Despite facing many battles throughout his life, he continues to work hard to accelerate in everything he does. Josiah has a long list of talents and interests. To name a few, at the age of five, he began learning the art of piano. By 13, he was teaching himself guitar and taking voice lessons from one of the best teachers in town. He spent some time exploring the film industry and has even made a few appearances in some inspirational films. He's also served as part of the production team on a few films still in editing. Josiah has had his ups and downs and made the decision to step away from the Hollywood lifestyle, having turned down film offers over the last two years to explore God's path for his life. Josiah grew up in a faith-filled atmosphere. His mom was a minister, and his grandparents, who lived next door, pastored a church. I guess you could say they taught Josiah pretty well. They were the type of people who would give the shoes off their feet and the shirts off their back to anyone in need. Josiah spent many days of his childhood going with his family to deliver groceries to the less fortunate. Josiah has a heart for people and wants to see others grow just as much or more than he has. Nothing gives him more joy than to be able to give back to those in need. His overall desire is to see people pulled away from the darkness and into a joyful light. Josiah is currently building a charity for war veterans called Someone to Turn to Restoration Foundation in the U.S. He believes that no matter where people come from, there is help to be offered. He has been supporting this charity with his own business, Stutzman Services, LLC. Because of all Josiah has experienced, he wants to use his life to help others and to make a difference in the world any way he can. Josiah, welcome. We are so glad to have you on the program. It's good to be here. You have done so many things in your life. We have taken the past few days to really just kind of take a look at all that you have going on. I have so many questions for you. (laughs) I have been, you know, just waiting for this opportunity to touch base and get to know you more. But if you could just take us back a little bit to when you were a kid, you mentioned growing up in a faith-filled home, your mom, a pastor, your grandparents who live beside you, pastors, and you had an exposure to God in your life very early on. When did you personally develop a relationship with him? Well, um, it's just something I always remember being that young growing up around uh, a mother who was a, a preacher and a couple of grandparents who pastored a church. It, it was just always there. So I kind of remember it just being that all the time, you know, because it was. But I like to say when I started pursuing God on my own, I was about five years old. We went to church camp. Everyone has different beliefs. I grew up apostolic Pentecostal and where we believe in, you know, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance, like Acts 2 and 4 says. And by the age of six years old, that happened to me. Wow. And it happened at a church camp here in Mustang, Oklahoma. I remember where I was standing and I just started speaking another language. And my father ended up carrying me out speaking this other language. (laughs) And and, uh, I didn't know what I was saying, but, you know, I felt it. 
So I guess you could say by the age of six years old, I had developed a personal relationship with God. That's incredible. I love that story. Now, your parents, what did they think? Had they also been given the gift or the ability to speak in tongues previously, or was this a first for them? It's kind of part of what we believe. It's happened to them. It's happened to my grandparents and a lot of my family. It's just something that we strive to have that relationship with God to be able to communicate on that level with Him. Mm-hmm. Now, you have been through quite a bit of different things in your life, too. You've had a lot of challenges that you've had to face. When you think back over the course of your life, those moments that, and I'm sure you have many, but what comes to the forefront of your mind when you say, this was a moment in my life where God really showed up for me? I believe I was nine. My sister had just been born a year or two prior. And uh, I'm going to back up just a little bit. So we also believe a lot in the spiritual realm of things. And we've witnessed a lot, even from the day I was born, the day before I was born, let me say, my mother had told me she had seen this figure and it frightened her, you know, put fear in her. And my grandmother was next door. Of course, my mother went over there and talked to her and told her what she had seen. My grandmother said, Cindy, you've got to pray. That's a death angel. And it's here to take your son. And so my mother prayed. And of course, the next day I was born. But during the birth, the cord was wrapped around my neck three times. And I was drowning in the placenta fluids. And the doctor said I wasn't going to make it. Well, my mother, being the prayer warrior she was, turned over and started praying, and she seen the words faith go across the heart monitor machine, and that built her faith, and so she started praying. Well, here I am today, but there's a lot of other uh, struggles, and the one that I was here to remember was uh, when I was nine years old. We were spending a... uh, a holiday in a place called the Harrison House in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And we were playing games and stuff in the room. And I remember my mother coming in and she seemed all types of scared and everything all over again, you know. And later I found out my mother had seen another death angel. She'd seen it sitting on the stairway. She described it having hollow eyes and uh, staring right at her. And she just got fear in her when she's seen this thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the next day we had church at my grandmother's church. And after the church service had ended, we walk out the back door through the the dining area and I'm going through the dining area and about halfway through it, I collapse. I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't talk. I didn't know what was going on with me as this nine-year-old boy. I didn't even know how to get anybody's attention, but uh, later my family came walking through and seen me and they picked me up. They put me in the back of the car and I remember trying so hard to talk to him and I couldn't say a word mm-hmm. and just nothing would work. And so they drove me up to a hospital here called Mercy. We uh, started doing testing and stuff. The doctor had to give me this medicine and made me throw up so that they could do a certain testing with contrast and stuff. And so I went through this CAT scan and came out. The doctor wouldn't tell us what was going on. 
he said that he was calling an ambulance to have me rushed over to OU Children's Hospital here. My mother asked if she could drive me, and he said, yes, but you've got to get a ride over there. And so uh, I was put in the car and taken over there without any diagnosis yet. He said the doctor over there would explain to us everything. And so we get there. The nurses are standing outside waiting. So I'm put in a wheelchair. We go inside. The doctor comes in the room. He uh, puts up some scans on the screen and he said, okay, this is what we're looking at. My mother was like, well, what is it? And he said, your son has a brain tumor wrapped around his brain stem. He has had seven strokes. He's got fluid on the brain and it has stirred up this hospital. He said, uh, I've already contacted the best surgeons in the five state area and we don't know what to do. And my mother had the doctor step out in the hallway and talk to her. I could still hear a little bit. The doctor had told my mother that they were giving me less than a 10% chance to live. Mm. And he said, we're going to do some more testing here. We're going to do an MRI instead of a CAT scan. But if the testing comes back worse than what we had seen over there, we're just going to send your son home to be in the comfort of his family because he isn't going to have much longer to live. And so my mom didn't know whether to build her faith up and pray or break down and cry at this point. Anyways, uh, she contacted my church. She contacted the family and everybody started praying. And, you know, we went through a long process of this or it felt long. This all happened within 24 hours. So I got ready for the MRI. They go to take me in there. My mother takes this prayer cloth as we we pray over cloths. And, you know, we believe that there's power in the words that we speak. And we believe that those words go into those cloths. It's all throughout the Bible about handkerchiefs and uh, if we're silent, the rocks will cry out. Well, how do the rocks cry out? They cry out through the prayers that people have spoken in the past. And those rocks absorb it. And there's even scientific studies about how objects absorb our sound waves. I mean, you can just take a, a CD, for an example. You can, you can put the sounds on a CD. That's the way our prayers are. So my mother prayed over this prayer cloth and stuck it in my sock. The nurse went to take it out. My mom was like, please, can you leave that? She's like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, we'll leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, aunt wanted to talk to me on the phone before I went into the MRI. So I remember talking to her on the phone. She started singing the song, F-A-I-T-H, all you got to do is have a little bit of faith. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> that's awesome. as a child you know that was an amazing experience you know to have so much support from family and just building my faith in God to believe that God would do it because he did uh, eventually <laughs> and I went into this MRI that I was put in the machine and I remember my mother praying I'll never forget it it was a prayer like I've never heard before in my life. Mm-hmm. And she prayed and prayed and prayed as if she was warring against someone and come to find out she was, she was warring against the devil. It had been several months prior 
she had been prophesied to by a minister, and I'm not going to try and reiterate the prophecy because I don't know it that well. But during this prophecy, she said she'd seen like this cylinder with hands and just it was like a tunnel of light. And she said, while she was praying for me in that MRI, she looked down and realized that cylinder was that MRI and she saw those hands wrapped around me. Oh, wow. My goodness. It's hard not to just break down while I tell these stories. (laughs) Uh, But um, she knew God was doing something, and she felt the peace at that time, she said. So I had fallen asleep. I don't even know how I was able to fall asleep while my mom was praying like that, but I fell asleep. (laughs) And when I woke up, you know, I felt something different. And I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew something was different. And so um, they took me back to the room. The doctor and the nurse came in. And previously, you know, the doctor said if I was worse, he was going to just send me home to be with family. Well, I don't think he remembered making that statement because he <laughs> he asked my mother. He's like, well, do you want to take your son home? <laughs> And uh, my mother broke down (laughs) and she puddled to the floor and, you know, just crying and everything. And the nurse went over there and told my mother, she grabbed my mother. She's like, no, I think what he's trying to say is we just seen a miracle. She said, there is nothing. There's not. And the doctor was like, there's not water on the brain. There's not signs of a stroke. There's not scar tissue. There is no tumor. And my mother, she was just so mixed emotion at that time. She wanted to get up and jump and scream for joy, but she was in the (laughs) middle of crying. And (laughs) so I remember stepping out in the hallway and the nurse started taking my IV out and they started doing the discharge. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) It's almost like God put you to sleep in the MRI machine so he could do a little quick surgery. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you remember like what you were thinking and feeling while you're seeing all of that going on as a young, sweet boy? I know I had faith as a child because it was instilled in me. But I also had a little bit of fear. But my mother during this time reiterated that faith into me because she kept telling me, Everything's going to be okay. God's God's got this under control. I remember looking up and there was like this dolphin wallpaper up there. And I remember just staring at that dolphin wallpaper and thinking about, you know, in the mind of a child about how God made all these animals and all these things. And he's watching over me. And so through all of that, my mother was there building my faith back up every time I lost it as a kid. I'm going to go into a story a little bit after that. So during this hospital stay, before the miracle happened, before all that, my mother bought me this little Shizu puppy. And uh, it was like a little stuffed animal from the gift shop. I asked her, I said, Mom, can I get a real one if I get out of here? (laughs) You saw your moment. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I saw it and I took it. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. So she agreed, and I told told her, I said, I want one just like that. It was black and white. So 
after I got out of the hospital, it was a test of my mother's faith, you know, once again. And uh, I, I was the one testing it. <laughs> um, Happens. <laughs> so, so we got, got a real Shizu puppy. It had one black eye, one blue eye. Its tongue hung out of its mouth. It snored while it was awake. This dog <laughs> had so many problems. But my mother tried to talk me out of it. I said, Mom, would you not want me if I look like that? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, so my mom had to let me get the dog after I said that. And so, <laughs> so, so we got this dog, and we didn't have it very long, and it died. Uh, it just oh. dropped dead in the cage. My brother, he was sitting there with it at the cage, and my mother was like, they were talking about telling me about it. I overheard the conversation and my mother was like, yeah, Josiah, Sally died, but we're going to have to bury her. And I said, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. <laughs> 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 and my mom was like, no, you don't understand. She's dead. Uh, she ain't coming back. I said, mom, I said, God just healed me in the hospital. I said, what makes you think that he can't heal my dog? Wow. That's <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, my mom, she just kind of looked at me and she said, <laughs> said, no, it's not like that, Josiah. I said, don't you limit God, mom. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and this dog had been dead for 30 minutes. I hadn't seen it yet. But my brother was talking about it. My mother was talking about it. And they walked it in the living room. It was over at my grandparents' house. And they walked it across the lawn and into the living room in the front door, set the cage down. And I'm praying when that dog came through that door in the crate. And when my brother set the crate down, the dog stood up and ran out. Oh, man. <laughs> Talk about it. At that moment, I realized there is nothing God cannot do. You know, the scripture with God, all things are possible. There's nothing too big for God or too small. I think a problem we have in our humanity is we think the issues are too small for God, that he'll just overlook them. Well, that's not the case. God raised my dog from the dead at nine years old, an animal. It had been dead for over a half an hour. And so from having a brain tumor and raising my dog from the dead, I mean, to me, there, there's nothing impossible for God. Yeah, I still have to this day have family and friends who like to debate the existence of God with me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take a wild guess and they don't get too far. <laughs> they, no, they don't. I'll, I'll pull out my brain scans and be like, explain this to me and I'll believe you. Yeah. They can't explain it. Nobody can explain it. The doctors couldn't explain it. The only explanation is God. There's nothing science can do, can say, or anything that can prove otherwise. They can't. And from what I have seen, from what I, I have seen with my own eyes, nobody can tell me God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Nobody can tell me that God doesn't care. Those debates get pretty fun for <laughs> the five minutes I let them last. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we had a young woman on our show last week, and one of the questions that she had said she would like to get asked more often is, why do you believe in God? Her answer was, how can I not? (laughs) And so when you say this, I'm thinking of that because it's like, how can you not believe after everything that you experienced? Right. It would be the most ignorant thing I could do to say God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After everything I've seen, I absolutely not. There, there's no way I can say that and believe that. I would be lying to myself and everyone around me. And also, there must be many people that do believe because of the miracles that you and your family have seen. Right. It, yes. Uh, I've been able to tell my testimony to conferences. I've told it to so many strangers in public. Mm-hmm. And I was an assistant pastor for a little bit at my brother's church in Lawton, Oklahoma. I uh, pretty much held down Fort while he traveled around and preached and stuff. I've seen miracles all over the place, from here to Lawton to all the way across the world, you know. And during my time as a preacher in Lawton, we had this man come into church. I had never seen the guy before. I didn't even know his name. And I'm up at the front during worship service, and God told me to go back and talk to this guy and pray for him. I was kind of hesitant because I didn't know the guy, but I was like, you know, God's telling me to do it. I got to go do it. So I walked back there, and God said, pray the cancer out of his body. I'm like, well, what if he doesn't have cancer? I prayed the cancer out of his body like God told me to. And after service, we have a fellowship dinner and things like that. And God told me, go back to that man and pray for his heart, that God heals his heart. And so I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll do it again. And so I went to walk away and God turned me back around. He's like, no, I said, go. And so (laughs) I walked back over to the Yeah, And I was like, do you mind if I pray for you again? I said, I know I prayed for you over there. I said, I don't know if you heard what I prayed for. I said, but God's telling me to pray for your heart now. I said, I prayed for cancer over there, but God's saying pray for your heart. And he looks at me and he hollers at his wife. I forget what her name was. And she comes over there and he's like, why did you tell this boy? And... (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he said, what are you talking about? He said, I want to know what you're telling people about me. (laughs) He said, I'm here just like you. She said, I don't know anyone here. I haven't even talked to him. He said, well, somehow, he said, I'm pretty sure you told him about my cancer and about my heart condition. Wow. And she said, no, I haven't said a word to him. (laughs) And she looked at me. She said, have I talked to you? I said, no, ma'am, you have not. (laughs) And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, I just got diagnosed with prostate cancer this last week. He said, and congestive heart failure. And I said, well, God's going to take that away. I said, lift your hands and let's pray. (laughs) (laughs) And and I prayed for him. And uh, he went back to the doctor and it was all gone. Everything checked out fine. And uh, he came back to church a month later and told us about it. (laughs) How old were you when that happened? I was about 24, 25 at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, God just 
you know, been working through me for years. It's all about how much we allow God to use us and how much we let our faith, how far we let our faith take us. Because the second we say we can't do it, we can't do it. You know, that's that's when we put limits on ourselves and limits on God. Now, you yourself, in your information that I received, you had said that you had had your own situations with heart failure as well. Yes, I have. I've had two different surgeries now. I had a Ross procedure the first time. And the inventor of the procedure, his son is the one that performed the surgery. Oh, my goodness. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Craig Elkins, he's the son, and he performed the surgery the first time, and he was hoping I wouldn't have to have another one. But uh, I recently, on November 10th, had to have a valve replacement, another one on my aorta valve. So I've had uh, two different surgeries, and both of them were miserable. Mm-hmm. And some people ask, well, why didn't your God heal you on those? I'm like, I don't really have the answer for that other than the simple fact to see if I'm still faithful to him, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, because a lot of people just give up on God because God doesn't give them what they want. Mm -hmm. God God never gives up on us, despite how we see the situation. He doesn't give up on us just because we don't see that he gave us something that we want. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not who God is. He's there for us no matter what we go through. Yes. And he was there for me through both those surgeries. I feel like, especially on this last one, if he wasn't there with me, I wouldn't have made it out Mm -hmm. because they put the ventilator in wrong. The doctor nicked the valve he was trying to repair. It ended up being an eight-hour surgery. It's supposed to be five. If God wasn't with me, I could have died in that one, you know? So just because I don't physically see God being there or see him healing me and repairing it himself. Doesn't mean he's not there. I'm still here because he is there. Were there certain moments or verses or things that he gave you that got you through that process of overcoming the physical battle that you had to go through? Yes, actually, um, we went to uh, Miami, Oklahoma. And there was this prophet there, the name is uh, Brother Robin Johnson. And he didn't know me from Adam. He's from a different state. He uh, just uh, flew in for that service. And he looked at me and called me out of the crowd. And he gave me a word and told me that God was going to be with me through that surgery. He said, you're going to wake up different. He said, you are going to have better experience with your heart after this than after your first surgery. I mean, he gave me about this five to 10 minute long talk in front of the entire church. And that kind of pushed me into having more faith going into the surgery to know that I was going to be okay. And so I feel like, uh, well, I know when I was uh, laying down, strapped down and blood was coming out of my mouth from that ventilator after the surgery and, you know, it had already been cut open. I couldn't move. The nurses were like, how were you that calm afterwards Uh, with all that blood coming up with knowing you couldn't breathe on your own and we had you strapped down. You couldn't talk. They said, we don't know how you were that calm. And the whole time I was laying there, I was reiterating everything that he had said to me in that church service that God was going to be with me through it. And so my faith was just 
kind of through the roof, even though I was strapped down and cut open, you know? <laughs> so I knew I was going to be okay. It just, that there's words of faith people speak. The Bible says uh, life and death lies in the tongue, you know? And the words of faith that people speak gives us more hope of that life. And that's what we have to lean on is the things that people speak to us and the things that we speak. And as long as we have faith that God's going to do it and we speak it, it's going to happen. I believe that. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's so many scriptures about faith in the Bible and how we should just have faith. There's no room for doubt when it comes to us wanting something from God, us pursuing God, us finding out who God is. There's no room for doubt when it comes to that. We can have the smallest faith, faith of a grain of mustard seed, as the Bible says, and we can move a mountain. But the reason it talks about it like that is because if you have any doubt, you don't even have that faith. You have to get rid of all the doubt in order to have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. It's amazing, uh, just the small connections, because one thing I always notice is just how God works in the details and weaves everything together. And so many things come to me, I guess, as you're sharing your story and your testimony. And one is, wow, what an incredible story to be able to share that God fully and completely healed you. But also hearing the struggle you went through after that only solidifies that testimony all that much more because it allows you this opportunity to relate to people on so many fronts. You have seen healing and you have seen God walk you through some of the most difficult times and gotten you over those hurdles. For me, I have a daughter who's 27 and she's had eight open heart surgeries. And when you said the verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is the Bible verse that I taped on her crib in the hospital when she was an infant after her first procedure or before her first procedure. So it's really kind of oh, neat. Wow. Yeah, yeah, to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I, I've seen God do so much. It's impossible for me not to have faith. For me to even, you know, get by this far in life, there's been probably three to four years out of my life where I, I hadn't worked a single day, mm -hmm. but yet I've never been without. Mm -hmm. And it's not that people have felt bad for me and given me money or anything like that. I don't even know where the money comes from, you know, because I've been sick a lot. God always takes care of me. And he gave me that promise years ago. He said, I will never let you financially struggle again. That's awesome. And I, I don't even know how it happens, <laughs> but uh, I'll get a random check in the mail here and there. And it'll be something that I had done previously that I forgot completely about, you know? <laughs> and so, and, you know, like I said, I've seen my dog raised from the dead. I've seen people be raised from the dead. There was this boy, he was in church service with us, and he had a condition. I don't remember what it was called, but he ended up falling over on the pew. He was sitting at the back and he fell over and he was dead. We called the ambulance and everything. And the ambulance came and the guys, they were checking his heart. They were doing all this stuff. And they said, he's gone. We were like, we're going to pray. And the, the guys stepped back and we prayed for that boy and he raised up. 
And they was like, well, we're going to go ahead and take them and check them out. <laughs> they said, but we don't know how that just happened. <laughs> and so that's happened at my grandmother's church. I've heard stories from my grandparents, too, how people have fallen dead on the pew and they prayed and those people came back to life. And there are just so, so many stories and so many things. I've seen people get their hearing back, uh, people who were deaf since they were, I believe, it was five years old. I've seen God restore their hearing. I've seen people's legs, who their legs different sizes, and they were prayed for and their legs straightened up. I've seen my father. He was blind in his uh, left eye, I believe, since he was like 17 years old. And I've seen a minister pray for him and my father received his sight. My goodness, there's so many I I could go on all day long about. You're surrounded (laughs) by healers. That's amazing. (laughs) The evidence that God exists is there. Just we're going to have faith to see it. Yeah. It's just incredible. I mean, I have goosebumps probably. And I'm this, you know, I can feel the presence yeah, of too. God just in your story while you're talking about what's going, what what has gone on, what you've seen. And there's power in sharing that testimony in Revelations. In Revelation, it talks about overcoming the enemy by the power of the testimony. And there's great strength in what God yeah. does by sending out those stories. And so I just really appreciate your obedience to him as well, that you share this with probably anybody who will listen. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, anybody that will listen, I, I can talk their ear off. Um, <laughs> I grew up around it. Even my grandfather, he heart conditions just ran ran in my family my uncle passed with a heart condition my grandfather he had a i believe six bypass surgery at one given time and so he passed away with a heart condition my grandfather did and the doctor said he was dead and my family broke down and another minister, a couple ministers that I believe actually, I wasn't around for this. Uh, so I'm going off what I've heard and my mother talk about. And these ministers came up and one of them had faith, one of them didn't from what I understand. And the one that had faith started praying. And the one that didn't just like, uh, it's whatever happens, it's God's will. Uh type of attitude and you know which you know that's understandable at some points but um my grandfather was dead for i can't remember how long but he was definitely clinically dead and after praying for him he rose from the dead on the operating table and so i remember those stories from my grandfather telling me all the time god raised me from the dead god raised me from the dead (laughs) I'd be and, curious what those doctors had to say about that. Were they, you know, I, I mean, there are stories about their reactions. Right. That's what I would, I would like to hear is some of these doctors' stories. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like when they came home that night, you know, they came home to their family and they say, how was work? <laughs> right. So let me tell you. I mean, because, that's because, you know, on the one hand, it's funny, but on the other hand, then they have opportunity to tell what happened and whether or not they realize it they're testifying to god's power and faith 
Exactly. Yeah. Whether or not they doubt or whether or not they don't exactly know what to say, they're still retelling the story of what God did. And I always think about the trickle effect of God's presence that way. You know, for those doctors who experience a miracle, Mm. every time that they are suddenly with another patient in a dire circumstance, how could they not immediately think in their head at least to pray, right? Yeah. Right. You know, they they feel the presence of God, whether they realize that's what it is or not, you know. So you have all of this kind of that you've been through. Where do you feel God leading you right now? Has he given you a full picture, bits and pieces? I am walking by faith, not by sight at this time. I have some feelings of what I should be doing and things like that. But I got to wait on God's timing to do that. Mm -hmm. I was recently given an opportunity to help out with a a Christian TV show, you know, with my experience in film and everything. Like you mentioned earlier, I decided I wasn't going to pursue Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But there's an exception to that. As long as it's in line with God and what God wants, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. Yeah, But I'm not going to pursue the film industry that we see prominent today. So I'm looking into this opportunity of helping out with a Christian TV show uh, that will be running 24 hours a day. Pretty much what we're going to be doing is stuff kind of like this, but in like 30 minute time slots of uh, people talking and teaching and sharing stories and things like that. I feel like, you know, that's one step I probably should take. As far as the the rest of it, I have no idea because I just feel like we should reach as many people as we can. And whatever it takes to do that, that's what we should do. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You were to describe to somebody from your perspective, what it's like to feel a relationship with God, what it's like to have a relationship with God. What would you say? Peace. There's so much peace in having a relationship with God, knowing that everything is going to be okay 24 seven. There's nothing can replace that. No dollar amount. You can have all the money in the world. It doesn't replace having the peace of God, knowing that even if you don't have two nickels to rub together, you're going to be okay. He's going to take care of you. Right. Yeah. And now for you, what helps you stay close with God or, you know, get closer to him? You know, you already have such a good relationship, but that relationship always grows. That's Mm -hmm. the amazing thing about God. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So how do you get closer to God? Well, one thing is music. If you study the Bible and and study music, music is one tool. And Lucifer, Satan, he was pretty much the prince of music in heaven. And once Lucifer left heaven, there was no music in heaven. The angels don't sing. They don't sing. There's songs about the angels singing, but you you don't see it in the Bible. You don't hear about it. You don't read it. There's there's no proof that the angels sing. And so once Lucifer left heaven, whose responsibility is it to sing praises to God now? It's ours. So I feel like music, you know, is a gift from God to man to communicate with God on a totally different level. As long as we use music in the right way, we will definitely increase our relationship with God. 
Well, we heard a couple videos of your music and it was beautiful. Really you, your, your singing voice is phenomenal. The lyrics are deep. I, I, he turned it on and I'm like, what is that? What are you listening <laughs> to? That sounds so good. And he's like, that's Josiah. Yeah. And I'm like, he sings. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really, really pretty. And um, if somebody wanted to go listen, where would they best find? I uh, I uploaded on uh, on YouTube, just search Joe Stutzman, J-O-E-S-T-U-T-Z-M-A-N. It's not professional grade by no means. Uh, I use free software for all the recording on that. I'm working on purchasing uh, new software and some other things to do some more professional stuff. But uh, yeah, that, that's just some free stuff that I do. Well, it sounds incredible. It and I can see that we're running close to the end here. But I did want to ask you before you go, Tell us about your work that you're doing and your support for the veteran community. Me and my wife, we've been running a, a company. It's a janitorial for residential and commercial. So we clean homes and businesses and things like that. So a portion of those proceeds that we make goes to support a charity that I'm trying to get up and going called Someone to Turn to Restoration Foundation. I'm kind of working on both sides of that. So far, nobody has uh, tried to support the charity outside of the business. So we're doing it all on our own right now. We got a couple people that are talking about it. What our goal is, it's a long shot, but we want to be able to house the veterans. You know, all these homeless veterans that they just can't work. They got PTSD. I, I got a brother who's a veteran. He's got PTSD. He's disabled. And my grandfather was World War II vet. And my, my uncle was a Vietnam veteran. So having all a uh, family full of veterans and, you know, we were a military family, just kind of put the burden on my heart to help these, you know, heroes uh, of ours that defended our freedom so that we could have conversations like this, so that we could have freedom of religion. It's something, you know, that I just had a burden for and that. I figured I'd give it a shot and see if we could make it happen. Well, that's incredible. I love the work that you're doing. Everything that you have going on is just amazing. And, you know, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, to share your story. It's really been an honor. Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the opportunity. goodness what an incredible guy and story that he has his faith is just unbelievable one of the things i thought about in regards to his faith it just seems like a language that he speaks so fluently he effortlessly talks about faith and exercises it Mm. you know the other thing is is i love the fact that his perspective on faith and on god's love didn't change after his prayer got answered a different yeah. way. You yeah. know, here he has this miracle story where he's received complete healing, but then he goes on to experience two open heart surgeries where he doesn't get healing in the same way that he did from the brain tumor and the strokes, but he still had God's protection and presence with him nonetheless while he went through his open heart surgeries. He's just a really wonderful guy. And he is. Yeah. I was emotional several times too as he was telling stories about God. I could just feel God's power. And it just really made me emotional and have to hold back tears mm -hmm. for the second podcast in a row. And I know he talks about 
walk in by faith and not by sight. And I think that's part of his wisdom. You know, he's yeah. moving forward little by little with however God leads him. But also, um, I just can't help but think part of what his story and path will be, will be sharing what God has done in his life really anywhere. You know, he has a story to tell. I feel like testifying is part of his language too. It seems like he does that wherever he goes. Yeah. Well, that was Josiah and definitely check out his YouTube channel. We were extremely impressed with his music. Thank you for listening to That's the Hashtag Truth. Remember to catch new episodes every other week on your favorite podcast channels. To learn more, visit us at JennyMuscatel.com or MuscatelMinistries.com.